Welcome to this episode of Let's Chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Let's Chat is a part of the Misfits Podcast Network. You can find this podcast and many more on the MisfitsNetwork.com. Today's guest, we have Jessica Park. Today's guest is Jessica Park. I'm just going to read her Twitter bio because that's the best way to explain everything she does. Jessica is an actor, writer, sketch comedian, model, producer, video editor, and she writes so many hyphens, which is really true. Uh, Jessica is fantastically talented, and she's she's incredible. Like she is as nice and as funny as anyone could hope. Had a lot of fun. She talks about some really cool stuff. Uh, if you are listening to this, there's a great chance you must have watched uh, Daredevil, and I we got to, I got to watch that and then talk to her, which was incredible. I, I fucking love Daredevil. If you didn't watch it on Netflix, get on that. It was incredible, and she's in it. And it, it was cool. Like, I very rare do I ever get to see someone on TV. Maybe this might be the first time that I saw someone on a TV show and then got to talk to them about it. It was really cool. So, I, But I was aware of Jessica's work, this incredible web series where she played a uh, sex robot called Gigahose. If you had listened to the show, you may have noticed we played the promo a good amount. Adam Lash. Adam Lash is a co-creator of Gigahose, and he has been on the show twice. Once by himself, and then he came back with, with Kevin Gillian, who are, are the co-creators together. So you should please go back and listen to those episodes. The episode with Adam and Kevin, honestly, I just geek out over the first season of Gigahost, because I really, I, I generally love it. I I just thought it was incredible, it was funny, it was layered with social commentary, and I loved it. So find that show as well. But uh, Jessica is so cool. I mean, she grew up in, I think she said Germany, and her, her mom was an opera singer, so she's been like acting forever and she talks about that she talks about daredevil gigahose all these other things she's done a ton of dramas and she does a ton of comedy she performs i believe at the pit uh we talk about sketch comedy just so many things just such a it was just so fun uh she's actually new to twitter so you could actually follow her at graceful loon uh you could also check her out her website jessica k park dot tumblr.com so jessica k-a-y park dot tumblr.com she is going to be jane and alex mother in a movie called consumed which is a short film that is one of six winners of an incredible competition by Lionsgate. twilight creator stephanie meyer and woman in film that was created to support female filmmakers make sure you follow her online at um at graceful loon on twitter jessica k park dot Tumblr.com. If you're looking at this on the phone, everything's just linked right there. Also, check out Jessica's sketch comedy group, Hot Buffet. Uh, they have a website, hotbuffetsketchcomedy.com. Their videos are on YouTube. They're they're really funny. The one I watched, uh, I think I went back and ended up watching the most, was uh, called Terrace Hostage. Uh, so I'm going to do a quick plug for myself as well, because I was on an incredible podcast called Hydrate Level 4. You remember a little while back we had Peter, I forgot, it was Van something. Sorry, Peter, I, couldn't, I don't know how to pronounce your last name. Peter's the man, and he has this amazing podcast where he reviews movies, and he asked me on. I said yes, and for some reason I picked Chipmunk Adventure, the Alvin and Chipmunks movie, and I'm damn glad I did. Uh, it held up more than I expected, and it's the first time I watched a Chipmunk movie, anything, in a very long time. Uh, so check out Hydrate Level 4 on the iTunes, all that good stuff. Uh, they're also on hydratelevel4.podbean.com. Uh, like them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter. 
Also, Memorial Day weekend was a big big deal for me. Co-host of the Going Off Track pod. Co-host of the Going Off Track podcast, Stephen Smith. You may remember him from Stephen's Untitled Rock Show. Will be on the show, and then the week after that, we're gonna have Jonah Bear, guitarist of United Nations, co-host of Going Off Track, and co-creator of uh, Sound Advice web series. It's cool. I listen to Going Off Track a lot, and I got to have two of the hosts on the show, and it's incredible. Uh, it's yeah. Anyway, find us online on uh, Twitter at Let's Chat Podcast. Like us on Facebook. Send us a, write us a review on iTunes. I know that's like a big thing for podcast, and especially I've noticed that there's been a lot of international downloads. Please let me know on Twitter. Email me at um, on uh, Let's Chat Podcast at Gmail dot com. How do you find the show? Why do you keep coming back? Even if it's a you hate it, I just just thank you. Thank you for downloading, and let's get to it. In the future. Humans create AI. Three days later, they have sex with it. Gigahose is a robot sex comedy with what's been called a South Park level of shock value. Creators Adam Lash and Kevin Gilligan take their concept in smart, surprising directions. It's been described as pure genius with a real clerks-like charm. Catch season one now at youtube.com slash gigahose. I got on on Twitter recently. This is like a new experience for me, social media, and I told my um, acting manager about it, and he's like, okay, that's cool, but... (laughs) No religion, no politics. Like, be very careful. <laughs> I was like, but dude, I'm a comedian. I've heard weird. I've had nothing but good experiences with Twitter, and I keep waiting for that like backlash. Yeah. Do you follow Jen Kirkman at all? No. She's fucking <laughs> hilarious. And like, you'd follow her, and it's just her like calling out dudes for being sexist all the time, and it's. Nice. So funny, and then you—I—I—I I, I can't believe the shit people say to each other online. Like I'm such like yeah. that person. Like what? I guess the thing that he's worried about is that like a lot of like commercial work. Um, some of the clients are like very picky about what actors they will hire based on their like social media presence, and like <laughs> so if they lean too far to the left or to the right, mm-hmm. like they can't represent their brand or something. So. I'm like, I don't know, then maybe commercials aren't for me. <laughs> Are you, like, super political anyhow? Um, I think a lot of my content, um, I, I focus on a lot of social commentary, a lot of parody. Um, well, I, most, most of my work comes from, like, being pissed off about things or, like, depressed by things. And then I'm like, I got to do something with this because it's just going to, like, gnaw away at my soul. So, like, let's make it funny. So I you mean know. all the good art ever. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm calling myself amazing. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's just, like, I don't know. Things piss me off, and then I'm like, God damn it. Like, I want to I wanna talk to the world about this. So, 
either like making a video or a sketch or something about it is like a good starting point. Cause like people laugh and then they realize you're saying something and then they're like, Hey, I want to have a conversation with you about this in the bar afterwards. So, and it's not even like it's that extreme, like my viewpoints, but there's enough. Like sometimes I'll, I'll do pretty heavy handed didactic stuff and I'm like, Oh, did, did you get it? (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty great. Yeah. All like my favorite comedy is like that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, I'm really refreshed when I see other people doing it. Like, when Key and Peel, like, some of their stuff is just, Dude, like, so oh on God. the nose. And I'm like, look, that's sketch. And they're just saying what they think and feel and, like, not disguising it. <laughs> yeah. Like, <I> guess. <laughs> Love Key and Peel. Is that, like, I feel like they, although they are so, like, message-driven, they also are just, like, really funny you know, and they they really get comedy, you know, they really and their their characters are amazing, you know, so it's like, I, I don't know, I think it is accessible because it's just so friggin' good, you know, and they uh they've both been at it forever and ever and ever and ever. Yeah, I I mean, wasn't one of them on Mad TV? Mm hmm. When I used he, to watch Mad TV a long time ago. He, he, was he like some kind of janitor? And he was like, like so. he was a whole nubble level. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm talking about? That one character, he would just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like walk up to like some celebrity that was doing an interview and then he'd be <laughs> just like sit down with them and start talking to them. It was amazing. I used to really love Mad TV because um, I think one of the earliest, you know, it's weird because most people's first introduction to sketch comedy is like SNL. But mm-hmm. I want to thank my parents because mine, for me and my brother, was in Living Color. That was my first knowledge of all things sketch was in Living Color. And then I found SNL later on. Call me the clown. Oh, oh my God. Fire Marshal <laughs> Bill. Uh, I remember being like, I'm 30, so I remember being in elementary school. And like we would just be like, homie, don't play that. Like that was like first, second grade. That's all we would say. It was like, oh, we don't play that. All, like, all through fifth grade, it was like a, the funniest thing ever. And then the, hi, 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 hi. <laughs> I mean, my family is like, they are really, really into comedy, but they're also like, I don't know. They just don't really shield the kids from anything. So, like, we were, <laughs> which maybe is a bad thing. No, I think um, it's a good thing. It's a good thing, but we definitely were exposed to stuff, like, at a very, very young age. So, like, we were definitely watching SNL at like six, seven, my brother dressed up with my, um, my mom's boyfriend as like Hans and Franz one year <laughs> for Halloween. <laughs> like he was like eight or nine years old and he's like, Oh my God. Yes. Let's be Hans and Franz. So yeah. And then I also lived with my grandparents for a long time and they, you know, so there we were watching lots of like PBS stuff and like, you know, Carol Burnett and yeah. Lawrence Welk even, you know, like it's so funny to see that being like made fun of on SNL because I'm like, actually, <laughs> I did watch that. And then, you know, I Love Lucy. I mean, that's not sketch, but like, yeah, you know, well, all of the like Monty Python, Faulty Towers, all of that was just like mainstays in our home. So, so yeah, it's, you're, it's, a, you're a comedy person, which made me even more excited because um, I obviously I saw you in Giggle Hose first. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> I you know, met Adam on Twitter and then had gotten to have him and uh kevin on had adam on super fucking nice dudes yeah they're so so friggin cool (laughs) 
but so like I was actually I remember watching it the first time like preparing and I was trying to figure out like who was the comedy and who was the drama person. Oh, funny. Like, just I don't I don't just do that whenever I watch stuff and like I couldn't get a read for you because like you're very funny in it but you played it so serious so then I like looked at your bio I was like oh the pit oh fuck yeah this is gonna be a great conversation <laughs> this is my people. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. I'm basically like down the middle in terms of like comedy and drama. Um, I don't know, like when I create my own stuff, it's usually comedy. Um, and then like a lot of my legit acting work tends to be drama. So it's, I don't know, cause I do sketch comedy. I have a sketch comedy team. Um, we're independent. We pr mostly perform at the pit and other venues around New York, but, um, been doing that for like two years now with this group. Um, and then, and like doing videos and stuff, but then like, like acting wise, it's like lots and lots of just crazy dramatic stuff. So I don't know. I think like I need the comedy to kind of stay sane for like the really deep and dark stuff I tend to do as an actor. So it seems yeah. more fun. Uh, I don't know. You can you can have a lot of fun like going to like the dark places. Really? Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's why you guys are the creators. <laughs> that's that's amazing. Yeah, but that's oh, so great. And uh, where are you? Uh, like, where did you get your start in? Are you from New York? Or are you elsewhere? Um. So I actually grew up in Germany and Austria, and then like a little. Yeah, and then a little stint in Buffalo. So it's a weird mix, I know. But um, my mom is an opera singer. Oh, wow. Yeah, so she had a job um, over in Germany at an opera house. And my dad's Austrian. She met him over there. Um, so I basically have been, like, in and around the theater since I was a little kid. Because um, she would very often, like persuade a director to like put us in the opera so that she wouldn't have to find childcare. <laughs> you know, because it's long hours like rehearsals yeah. and practices and you know she they ended up divorcing so she was a single mom and so you know she had three kids and like what do you do with them? So she was like, you need some village children in this opera, don't you? So <laughs> we played a lot of like village children in like various operettas and operas and wow. did Wagner at 10. That was interesting. Yeah. So you had some good credits before you were like 16. Yeah. Like I was getting paid too. It was what? pretty. Yeah. Yeah. In, so. in Germany. So you were in opera in Germany. Yeah. Wow. Like, like a huge opera house. So it was like, it was interesting. Cause like, you know, learning from my mom, you know, that was kind of our family trade. And so like, she passed down her work ethic and like just like all of the theater etiquette and you know just like what you do you know so it was like kind of second nature um and like my my brother and my sister ended up um in related fields um my sister ended up learning costume design and then my brother is a writer um working a lot on like screenplays and poetry and stuff so yeah your so family sounds so cool uh, we're okay you yeah. know we fight a lot <laughs> well who doesn't right yeah. do you guys live near each other you're all far away oh they're all over in europe still i'm the only one who came back oh wow yeah oh so, wow that's real cool 
Yeah, like I came back because um, I I wanted to go to college and um, I had, for a brief moment I wanted to um, pursue basketball. <laughs> so I was gonna play. Well, because I played basketball over in Germany, but then I um, I thought about going, you know, playing in college. And then on the day of like like the first day of school, it was like, oh no! But if I play basketball, I can't do theater. And because of the like the practice schedule and rehearsal schedules would just be conflicting. So I I was like, OK, nope, no basketball. I'm just going to do theater. And good, good thing, you know, because right. like, I'm still acting. So I, I doubt that I would have made it to the WNBA or anything. But <laughs> usually actors and athletes, some, the stereotype is that's usually mutually exclusive. But you, you've broken down the barrier. Yeah. And, you know, what's funny is like now I've been doing a lot of physical stuff as an actor and that's kind of cool because like I feel like the athletic thing is coming in handy because I have like a feature coming up this summer where I'm going to be like kicking some butt nice yeah so you, your your bio on the gigahost site wasn't kidding you actually know martial arts I started and then I like busted my ankle oh so I have like a surgery coming up oh, I'm so sorry to hear that as soon as I'm like fully healed from that, I'm gonna get right back in. But this this film I'm doing this summer, um, I will be getting a lot of martial arts training because um, all of the weapons are martial arts weapons. Are you allowed to say what movie it is, or is it still? Um, it's a it's an adaptation of the Greek play Electra. Wow, that's so cool. Uh, and the director wanted um, instead of like in the the Greek play. It's a brother and a sister going to avenge their father's murder, but this one will be two sisters. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, so we're going to go hunt down our mom and our stepdad and uh, get some revenge. Dude, that's so, so badass. Yeah, and we're shooting, like, in rural Virginia. Oh. Yeah. Have you ever <laughs> been down there? What? Have you ever, like, been down there? No. <laughs> I always wonder what it's like to, like, a friend of mine was doing sound on uh, Revolution, so like he moved to Wilmington, and then like some they would do like travel days, and it's just like the whole, you know, you just become like it's like summer camp, like you work your ass off, and you all become really close, and then and then it's yeah, over. <laughs> yeah. He already said like, please don't expect this to be fun, because like it's gonna be in the summer in this like nasty <laughs> rural farm, and like we're gonna be staying all at some like low budget motel that's around there, and like just you know working long hours and getting beat up and so we're like oh but that sounds great and we're, he's like no please like don't have <laughs> high expectations because it's gonna be brutal see in my mind i'm i'm imagining the adult version of wet hot american summer <laughs> <laughs> but i'm sure that's the opposite of what he would want you to think <laughs> yeah i know we're like it's gonna be so fun it's like no it's not you're gonna be in pain yeah but, but the best work like anything i've ever done is like i've it's like a love-hate thing. Like, you got to push yourself super fucking hard and far. And then at the end, yeah. you're like, yeah, we're not great. <laughs> yeah, totally. Like, I mean, I know that you saw the, the Daredevil episode that yeah. I was speaking of pain. Um, believe it or not, like, the few, like, minutes that I'm in that took two days to shoot. Oh, I want to add, dude, it was so crazy. <laughs> like, you were in the first scene. So, like, I'm I only know. on episode five. So I was like, I, w I hope I see her in the show. And I I'm watching it, and I was like, Holy shit, that's Jessica. Um, <laughs> you made me look really cool to my wife. I'm like, I'm going to interview her. Like, oh my God, that's so cool. 
I mean, it's, you know, it's a small part. And... Yeah, but it's on a fucking awesome Netflix series. So it's not just like a cool show. It's like no, it's changing like the genre. The hottest thing that's out there. And right? it's really For... good. So good. Like, it's like... really good. And that scene, like, all of the other women in that scene with me are, like, stunt people, like, legit stunt women. So we were, like, you know, really going at it. And all the, like, bad guys in the scene are stunt guys, except for Rob Morgan, you know, who's, like, a fantastic actor. The guy playing Turk Barrett. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was so cool. We're like buddies now. Oh, he was that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> and then, you know, obviously Charlie Cox, not, but he's like doing so much fighting too. So it was like all these like incredibly like physical trained people. And then like me, the sketch actor. <laughs> How did you get involved in that? Uh, I auditioned, you know, and it was crazy because they didn't like, they had like a fake name for like the working title of it. Um, so like my manager sent me on it and like, he couldn't even give me any material to prepare. Cause you had to just go to the office and like sign an NDA for the audition. And then like, you got to see the scene like there at the office. It was like really secretive. And then, you know, I had a few minutes to prepare and then I went in and like screamed my head off and then, <laughs> you know, like really within like the next day or two, like I got an email saying I got the part and I was like, what? Wow. That's <laughs> so cool. It was so cool. And then like, I just like, I get to set and then they're like, Oh, right over there. That's your trailer. I'm like, <laughs> <That's so cool. laughs> and, like the AD must've been like, like, why is she laughing? Cause like, I literally like chuckled a little bit. Cause like, <laughs> come on. Like I'm like doing these like, free comedy shows all the time like that's what i'm used to like what if someone gives me water on set i'm happy you know <laughs> so like it was super cool and then like you know and then right next door to me was rob and like so we were kind of like stoop buddies and you know like sitting on our, on our little stairs in front of our like little you know trailers and i don't know and it was just like the cast was awesome crew was awesome it was hard, though. I mean, we were doing these, like, overnights, and I totally fell during one take. <laughs> so I, like, was bloody, and it was that was a mess. I was such a mess, but I was, like, in heaven. I was so happy to be there with those people. And, like, Phil Abraham was directing our episode, and I, he's a legend. I mean, all the episodes he did of, like, Sopranos and... Whoa, like, whoa, hold on. Yeah. What?! Yeah, he was like. How do you like, not geek out? Because I'm obsessed I'm, with that show. Yeah, he was the DP of like 40 episodes of Sopranos, and he's like directed like almost every major show that's been on television. Did you ask him like, so uh, tell me about that last scene. What do you think? Because here's why Tony's dead. No, no, I. <laughs> You're smarter I, than me. <laughs> did not talk to him about anything except for if he talked to me directly about what was going on in the scene. Well, which was actually like heartbreaking because like I got, I don't if you remember that scene. You know how that one girl gets like tased with yeah. the rod that was supposed to be me oh no but what happened was that because there was a whole stunt team there why would they have like the actress without real stunt training take the fall oh yeah yeah coordinator was like i'm sorry but like we really need the you know the, the stunt woman to do this you know safety protocol and stuff and i was like oh okay you know so the director was like sorry but you know we have to give her your line then too and and I was like, oh, okay. And then, well, it turns out that that line wasn't even in the final cut. But 
he was so cool that he like gave me like some you know a line at the top of the scene so like when I'm like screaming like that that was like him like he gave that to me so I was like you are awesome because nice dude I know because I was like my heart like was totally broken and I was like you know just trying to like be cool and keep it cool and be professional but like that's that's the thing when you come in as like a day player like that like you don't even know if you're gonna make the final cut you know I have a friend who just got you know cast in a in a huge movie and she had one line and then they changed the scene while she was on set and she's not even in it now that's, yeah. That happens all the time. But like that's that's the nature of it, you yeah. know. You know that you're like you're there, but it, you know you're you're just part of it. You're just trying to help tell the story, and like if that's if if your little part helps, then that's great. And if it doesn't, then you got to be cool with that too, you know, and just be like, well, I got a nice paycheck, you know. Someone I used to work with at Starbucks years ago, his brother was originally uh, JD in Scrubs. Wow. <laughs> and then you know got fired, and then they hired Zach Braff. <laughs> Wow. Like, oh, um. So I'm. When you got into Daredevil, did you immediately uh, email Adam and tell him that you're part of the Marvel universe to make him jealous? No, because I couldn't. Ugh. They just had a working title, and like I wasn't allowed to like talk about it. That's got to be oh. so hard because it's such a Especially big. Especially because we were shooting Gigahose too, and I was like, oh, wow. I'm on hold for this other project, and I need some days off, and they were like okay you know and they were super cool about it but they had no idea that it was for daredevil so it was like really funny when i told them afterwards and they're like are you kidding me like of course you we what you think in any like world ever like we wouldn't have let you go be in daredevil <laughs> are you kidding oh, so they, i'm glad they know because i remember i i adam is a self-proclaimed huge geek Oh, my God. Uh, would you, he, like, tried to explain something to me. He's like, season two of Giga Hose will be, like, season five of Angel. Nice. Or, Buffy, or something like that. And, like, I froze. He's like, you didn't watch them. I was like, I'm really sorry. I don't know what you're talking about. And he kind of laughed at me. Oh, my God. No, I, uh, no those. <laughs> no, it, so we funny. went We went to Comic-Con, actually, to promote Giga Hose. And, like, every character that walked by, like, he knew what they were from and, like, what version of what movie. And, like, it was, it was super cool. I was like, wow. I got jealous. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm pro-geek. I'm not one. I would like to say I'm probably a little a – t- a teeny bit geeky, but I'm pro-geek. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm nerdy about certain things, yeah. but definitely not, like – no, not like Adam. No, he's quite <laughs> proud. Like my wife is actually the bigger nerd of the two of us. Nice. She's the sci-fi one, and I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I mean, I love me some Battlestar Galactica. You know, there I have big Lord of the Rings, big. You know, like there's there's a few like fantasy science fiction things that I can totally get behind. But yeah, I'm totally one of the Johnny Come Latelys. Totally with uh, the Joss Whedon, like, Avengers movies. Nice. It's like, all right, this stuff's really cool. Why did I yeah. never watch it before? But before that, just, I don't know. just wasn't. But then I geek out real hard over, like, The Simpsons and, like, Calvin and Hobbes and, like, totally. more animation stuff. But, right. Um, but, oh, my God, I still can't believe you were in Daredevil because that. <laughs> it's so good. I feel like that it's so good because, like, even if you're not really into comic books or don't anything about the backstory or anything like you can totally get into it and it's just a good show it's good storytelling and good acting you know i was just um i was talking with my wife and we were like just talking about all the shows that i follow right now mm-hmm. and just the way the whole like in the, the landscape has changed like there's only two only two networks like actual networks i watch tv on everything else is like hbo netflix uh, yahoo 
Hulu, FX. But yeah. like, I watch stuff on Fox, I watch stuff on ABC, and I don't watch anything on NBC. Once Parks was gone, I left. Like, I don't know what's on NBC right now. I have no fucking idea. Well, and then they had uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, and they gave it away, right? Yeah, they sold it to Netflix. Like, it's hit now. It's like everyone in the comedy world is, like, raving. Oh, and then it's... And, but Netflix is, like, secretive. Like, they don't give away their numbers, so you don't actually know. I mean, I don't I don't know what they are. So, like... Yeah, but, like, critically, I feel like... Oh, people, no, absolutely. But, like, but really I good. think that's what's so cool about it, because, like, I am was from, like, grew up in, like, the really, like, big punk rock dude, so, like, mm-hmm. that small band could put out a good album. It doesn't sell a million copies, but over, like, a year, right. enough people hear it, enough people... Because that's the same thing with Kimmy Schmidt, like, all the people I know, like, I go on Split Slider, all that shit, all the time, and, like, that's the stuff... Yeah, that's like my. That's what my like. If it's on Split Sider, it's like that's my sensibility. So I was like, all right, gotta watch that. Gotta watch this. Right. And it's so good though. I really like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like, I feel like there is like I don't know like or I don't know if you watch a lot of like web series, but like something like High Maintenance. No, I'm starting to get into them. Giga Host is the first web series I watched. And I generally loved it, and now I was like, I need to like start doing. I watch it on. My... I have Apple TV, so I watch it on YouTube on my TV because yeah. I don't like to watch stuff on the computer. And then I'm like, this is yeah. just a TV show. It's not a web. To me, it doesn't feel like a web series. Like it's just exactly. It's just the great thing about it is that like, there's like so much more possibility for like other voices to be heard, and like for other people to have like ownership over like the kind of material they want to put out there, and they don't have to wait for somebody to say yes. You know, like, if you can get the money together, if you can get the cast together, like, you can do awesome stuff, you know? So it's, it's just, I don't know, it's an exciting time, like, in terms of, like, who gets to make art, you know? And, and if you can find your audience, then, like, you know, so it's cool. Like, being somebody who's, like, also very, like, on that side of things, you know, of, like, creating stuff, it's like, man, you know, just, like, keep going at it and, like, see... You know, we'll see what happens, you know. And you're part of the world. Like, when I mean, you were in a web series, you were on a Netflix show, and now you're going to be in a movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, that's so cool. Are your parents and your family all, like, they must be excited about your acting career? They're, I mean, yeah, they are. They are. Like, my dad, he lives in Austria. He doesn't speak any English. And, wow. yeah, so we only speak German together. And so, like, I try to keep him updated on stuff, you know, but he's... He doesn't really watch TV except for the news, and so he's he doesn't have any idea about any of the stuff I'm doing. Um, Is that also, for the better sometimes? Cause... Well, something like Gigahose, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird if my family watches that, because, you do know. They, do they watch it? I don't think they've seen it. You don't ask? <laughs> no, I know that, like, my little cousins and stuff, they watch some of my comedy, because, um, you know, they're of the, like, YouTube generation, so yeah. they're... Well, they've subscribed to, like, my my sketch group, and, you know, so it's, like, easier for them to, like, keep up with it, but, um, of course, my mom's excited, you know, like, it's cool that, like, one of her kids kind of followed in her, like, performance footsteps, and, you know, just, like, plugging away at it. It's hard, because it's, like, you know, you take little tiny baby steps, and you try not to get discouraged, and you, you know, keep trying to, like, 
create new relationships with directors and casting directors and you know you're just auditioning all the time and dealing with like all of the rejection but you know it's it's part of it and that's like what you sign up for so you really can't complain about it you know even though it can be really discouraging but oh it sounds um, awful i'm sorry <laughs> it's, it's not fun especially because i also model so like yeah the mo- I, I saw that too uh, it's like a hundred times worse than the acting world <laughs> is that like is that like a good source of income i would imagine it can be, but it can also be like ridiculously low paid stuff or non paid stuff. Um, but you're just trying to like keep your face out there to like stay and, you know, always trying to get new pictures. Like, I don't know. It's like, I just did fashion week and it really didn't pay much of anything. And it's just like long hours and people poking and prodding at you and, you know, treating you like a hanger as you kind of are. But no. is, is that more of just because it's like you did that just to say you did it? Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, like it's prestigious. It's yeah, it's like good to do fashion. Week. Like it, the, my modeling agency was very happy that they had some people walking in shows. And, um, you know, it's good to get to know the designers because they could consider you for like photo shoots later or, you know, and, and yeah, there's like a little bit of money involved. So it's, you know, better than waiting tables, I guess. But oh, yeah, yeah. Um, by the yeah. way, one of my um, our friend, my wife, and our, her childhood friend is like a New York City actress model. Like, mm-hmm. same kind of thing. But like, so like, her, acting is her first love, and modeling is that. Like, sometimes you got all the same reasons you said. It's like better than being a waitress. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you know, there's there's no union for models, you know. So oh, there's know that. yeah, there's no like real built-in protection for like your needs and rights and things like that. So, you know, sometimes you show up to like a show and you're, you're supposed to be there for eight hours, you know, and you have to, cause you have to go through hair and makeup and fittings and all that. And then, uh, they don't have water for you. Wow. You know, like literally don't have water for you, you know? So you're like, uh, okay. Did, did, okay. Like not, not even food or anything, even though you're there all day and like, are gonna faint because you're all skinny and emaciated and, and hungry but <laughs> <laughs> but like you know it's like come on people like just something like i'm a, I'm a fan of snacks yeah i love snacks so how but, long have you been doing a hot buffet for i was watching your videos you guys are really funny oh thank you um it's like two years now um in different like versions of the group um, just the nature of it is it's a huge time commitment, um, you know, because you're writing and rewriting and rehearsing and buying props and costumes. And so it's a big, big commitment. It's not like improv where you get to just, you know, have a rehearsal and then just show up to the show. So, um, you know, we've had people like, you know, have to back out to like focus more on other parts of their careers. We had someone get pregnant. We had some people move out of town. So right now, um, this version of the group has been together about half a year and I'm kind of in love. (laughs) Yeah. There's some like really, really funny people in the group right now. And so we have like a show coming up on Tuesday and it's, I don't know. It's really exciting right now because there's just like really weird stuff happening. <laughs> I kind of like weird comedy. So how is like the sketch scene in New York nowadays is like, is the, is it getting bigger, better? It's, I think it's good. I think there's like, there's way more improv than sketch. I think because of that whole 
time commitment thing because most people are trying to pursue other like acting or writing careers and you know um there are a lot of sketch teams though and i think that there's some really quality stuff happening um and there's a lot of support for it you know there's like a lot of venues that are promoting sketch apparently there's like a huge like underground scene in brooklyn happening that like some of my friends are really starting to tap into and um the, the cool thing is there's like a real community around it and so there's you know a lot of the teams help each other out with videos or like if they need another person to like go to a festival with them or do you know whatever like i feel like you know you can always like call someone up and be like hey in your prop closet do you have a beret i need a beret you know, because, like, otherwise you're spending, you know, 15 bucks on a beret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, like, I feel like there's, like, a, a good supportive environment and, like, people trying to help each other out and, you know, and, and putting people's names in the mix if, you know, someone's trying to book a variety show or whatever, you know? Like, I feel like that's the cool part about it, like, that people, there's, like, a whole batch of groups that are kind of coming up together. And so, like, everyone's, like, extending, like, good opportunities to each other. And, you know, it's a really supportive environment. Like, I mean, it's also competitive, of course. Like, you go to yeah. a show, you're like, damn it, why are they so good? <laughs> yeah. <That's> my game. <laughs> but, <laughs> but mostly it's like, wow, they're good. I want to do that. Let me see if we can fit, figure out how to put that into what we do as well. Yeah. You know? That's pretty cool. Yeah. Because there must have – I feel like when I was, like, growing up, there was definitely that peak of, like, sketch, and then I feel like it kind of went away, and then – it didn't go away. I maybe just wasn't as aware of it. Yeah. Then I think now improv is becoming a lot more mainstream, at least. It's, like, at least more referenced yeah. in, like, culture. Totally. And um, I think improv is, like, a great skill to have, especially in New York. Like, the whole, like, commercial world is, like, around improv these days, and, you know, and it's good, you know – good to be able to do in any kind of acting you know but sketch is just you know it's it, you have to write it it has to be funny you know it's it's there forever <laughs> actually adam was the one who was saying he was like with improv it's just like you got to be bad i guess stand up too you both got to be bad for a long time before you come fun to watch because like, like if you even sketch if you watch some bad i watch bad sketches on youtube and it's just like painful it is but you know gotta, anything you need growing pains you know and i think like the interesting thing about sketch videos is like the editing like not just anybody can edit comedy like even if you're yeah. good at it, like you have to actually be a comedian yourself or like understand comedic timing very well um that's so a really that, good point yeah so that's an that's like a the hard thing sometimes i see like really funny performances or like really good ideas, but the editing is just a little off and that like can totally influence, um, the experience, you know, cause like maybe it should have been cut off just a fraction earlier or, you know, you should have held on that look a little longer, you know? So it's, it's interesting, you know? Um, so there's, I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. I never uh, thought of that. Cause if there's, uh, I'm, try I'm trying to think of something maybe less popular, like The Office, which, mm -hmm. like, when it was in its prime, like, I really, really loved that show when it was in its prime. But, like, there's certain scenes that are, like, the painfully awkwardness that drags out. But if it goes too far, it's not yeah. funny anymore. Totally. But then sometimes <laughs> so if it goes a little farther, it's funny. Yeah, like, Portlandia. 
Like I love, I'm so in love with their editing. I'm just like, yeah. Oh. Like they do stuff with the editing. It's like it's a whole other like tool that they have at their disposal for like for the comedy. It's like part of it. Like they put in like dumb sound effects, or you know, or like you know, just like do these like kind of like jump cut type of things and you're just like oh really cool like you really like it's a you're very aware of the editing but like in a good way you know it was probably the first show i've ever watched where i thought the editing was almost like a character and like Mm -hmm. it was just so differently done where i like finally like you noticed it which ultimately kind of what i i like season four but a lot of people did not like season four because yeah. of because of the same reason I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny though? Like I feel like the so much of it is like so subjective. <laughs> you know, like it. Oh yeah. Like I'm in a I'm in a play right now at the pit and we've had it's it's a six night run so, and we have our last show tomorrow night and like I would say like all five audiences so far have laughed at completely different things. Really? Yeah. Like we had one night, everyone was laughing at anything that was like vaguely racist, you know, or like talking about race or like, I mean, let's not say it was racist, but kind of racist, but like, (laughs) you know, like anything that was touching on any type of race thing. Then another night we had like, you know, people laughing at all of the sexual stuff. Then another night, like, there was, you know, there's a few jokes in there that are more, like, wordplay and, like, just, like, really silly things. And that audience was just laughing at that. And you're just like, wow, like, it's so interesting to see, like, what each person finds funny. Um, Yeah, and, like, and I think that's, like, kind of, like, my idea behind, like, the hot buffet, like, my sketch group. Because it's, like, they really do try to keep it, like, a variety of like different types of humor um just so that like you know if you come out to see a show like at least one or two of the sketches you'll probably like because they're all going to be a little bit different in tone and content so um i don't know i think that that's like it's it's a good thing to like you know keep in mind that like just because one audience didn't laugh at something doesn't mean it's not funny there's definitely so there's certain things like I love and then like people like I have the same taste with just despite like I'm obsessed with like the comeback the the HBO show from like a decade ago I just watched it recently I never saw that oh it's really good never never saw it ever and then I got HBO Go so I was like oh Lisa Kudrow but, oh no like, yeah <laughs> but and then like I have someone else a friend of mine who I'm, I'm like we have like usually the same taste and they're like. This isn't funny. I don't understand why you don't like it. I don't know why you like this. I was like, what? So how could you not like it? But it's just funny how that works. Mm-hmm. You find that – I found that a lot too. Like if something is like – I don't know. Like this is not the right word to use. But like when something's like mainstreamly funny like funny in the mainstream. All right. The Big Bang Theory. I have never saw an episode, but I know I won't like it. But then it's like <laughs> the most widely popular thing in the country. It's kind of fun. like I'll, I'll watch it sometimes if it's on, and I'm like, oh, it's actually like some of the jokes work. You know, the, the performances are really good. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I've never seen it, but like, yeah. then I love like I'm obsessed with the community. Yeah, like I don't seek it out. I don't have it like on my DVR or something. You know, yeah. but like I'll definitely watch it if it's on. It's funny, but you know, 
but it's interesting. Like, I do have like family members or like friends who are like, "Oh my god, that's like my favorite show." I'm like, "Oh, okay." And like, but I'm I've been like obsessed with the community, which is kind of like a niche show. You know, I haven't seen that. Oh, it's so good. I don't yeah. have cable. I'm strictly streaming only in this in my house. That's awesome. That's the way, it's way cheaper. <laughs> as long as you can steal like HBO Go and Showtime from your family, it's, mm-hmm. it makes it a lot easier. Isn't it funny that they haven't figured out how to not make that happen yet? Yeah, I read some article where they're like, "We're aware." Uh, <laughs> but, go, okay. We can do. We're aware. But I think I'm, it must be part of their bigger marketing plan of like. Maybe one day they'll cut it off, and then you have to buy HBO Now, which I totally would, because they got me hooked. Like, I gotta watch Veep and Silicon Valley, and Last Week Tonight, and Girls, and everything now. Thrones. What's that? Game of Thrones. You know what's weird? I'm like the only person who doesn't do it. Did you watch it at all? I've seen bits and pieces of it. My uh, wife, my brother, my in-laws—they talk about it at nauseum, where it's ruined it for me. Aww. You know, I'm just like, yeah, yeah. I didn't start, I, watched, I only, like, binged, like, a, maybe, like, this past year, I watched the whole thing. Jeez. Yeah, in, like, a week. <laughs> That's impressive. Yeah, I was, I was sick or something. Let's say I was sick. Yeah, I don't think very I was ill. Let's, let's say I was. I had the flu. No, um, yeah, I think I was between jobs, as they say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I got into it. I really, I really. Gotta tr- I gotta try it. I know. Like I'm, I want to finish Daredevil first. I know. I, I'm trying to go slow because I don't want to go through it too quick. Oh, I'm trying to savor it. Like I'm hearing all these people have binged it already. I'm like, why? Oh like it's so good. I don't want to like. I just want to enjoy it for once. I really do. Uh, well, yeah. So your line of work is unique in that sense, where you could work a ton, like twenty, like twelve hour days consistently, and then have your unpaid in between time. <laughs> yep. I give you guys credit. That's that's hard. <laughs> saving money and like like trying to make it stretch for a rainy day is that part of like that should be part of acting school but listen <laughs> save your money pretty much i actually like in undergrad there we had like a senior seminar in our last semester and there was a professor who like talked to us about like planning like money and um like prioritizing and goals and like all of the like life skills you need as an actor. And I was oh, like, that's oh, great. yeah, that was really useful. Um, and I think about that a lot, you know, because well, if you have a little bit of financial stability with proper planning, you don't have to take that degrading, terrible job that could ruin your career. Right. And like, and I see way too many people like they're doing, you know, some day job that they hate and then it like saps all of their energy. And then at the end of the day, they don't have time to be creative or like, go and do some student film that might not pay, but could be a really interesting role that they can add to their reel or could, you know, be a really cool relationship with an up and coming director, you know, um, you know, because they're just like, so, you know, just spent, you know, from like trying to survive in New York city and like, you know, so it's like, it's somehow it's about trying to figure out how to work smarter. Um, that's a class we should all have. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I Don't know. buy stuff on store credit cards. Save your money. Like just well, or, or even something like you know, hey, you know, when your birthdays and Christmas come around, like tell people not to buy you useless shit, but like to pitch in towards new headshots. Oh, that's you know? a really good idea. Yeah, like because like headshots in New York cost five or six hundred dollars, and you need Fuck. to get 
Yeah, and like to get like really good like industry standard, you know, ones that you're not embarrassed about at all, you know. And you have to get them every couple of years if you, you know, because we age, we gain weight, we lose weight, we change our hair, you know. So that's you know an expense that you just have to think about. And so like, why get another turtleneck sweater from your aunt, you know, <laughs> if if you can get some money to go towards headshots, you know, which you know you're going to need anyway. So it's like stuff like that where you're like thinking about like how to work smarter, you know. Oh, that's really cool. Uh, how long have you lived in the city, uh, New York City for? Really long time now, like seven years, eight years. Wow. But I took from acting because um, I went to grad school. Oh, where'd you go to and... school? I should have like asked that. Should have been like the oh. first question, podcasting 101. <laughs> <laughs> I did undergrad in, in Buffalo at Buff State. Oh, wow. um, you like to be cold. I did. I did. I actually had one play I was in stopped by a security guard, like a police officer who came in to evacuate the premises because we were about to have a blizzard. Weird. Um, That's like a stereotype. There should be a sketch about that that would only be funny in certain states. <laughs> and we were like, oh, what do we do? And so, like, the audience, like, clapped, and we walked off stage, and everyone got the hell out of Dodge. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I didn't get to have my, like, awesome monologue that I always liked doing. But anyway, <laughs> undergrad was Buff State. Um, it was this tiny little program that um, made us all be very hands-on because you couldn't just be an actor in the program. You had to also, you know, do tech and you had to also be on the like producing team and learn promotion. And I'm very fortunate for that because I, you know, am producing stuff now and, you know, really learned a bunch of tools that I'm still using. So I was lucky that I wasn't in like some big program where I was spoiled. Um, oh, yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we just like had to learn all of it. Um well, I would imagine and, to be like an actor and make a living nowadays, you have to do more than just be able to act. You probably have got to book your own shit. You got to produce, edit, like a thousand different is, things, you know? And then you got to learn all of that, which is amazing. It's the recommended it's the recommended thing to do. Like self-producing keeps you working and it and it makes you be able to show people how you can be cast. You know, like if you're like, I really can play the girl next door, but I haven't been cast as her yet. You know, let me write myself something or have a friend write me something and, you know, find someone to, to film it or put it up at a little theater somewhere. And then you're like, look, I can do this. And then you have that, you know, and then you can book paid work that, you know, then can showcase that more. So, like, you know, not that girl next door is the best example, because I feel like most people can do girl next door. <laughs> I know what you mean. <laughs> but whatever, you know, whatever that role is that people aren't, you know, getting. Um, so, yeah, definitely self-producing is, like, the way to go. And it's also, like, keeps you busy. Like, work begets more work, you yeah, know? Was, and like I've noticed doing the show, it's been like that. Just, like, you get that one little thing, and then it kind of snowballs into something better. Yeah, because you just have that momentum, and then you just, like, you know, you're talking to people. What are you working on? Oh, well, I'm doing, you know, I'm... I'm doing this short right now and then I'm doing this and this you know and it's just like you're like oh wow this person's doing stuff you know like 
let me see what they're about. You know, it's not just like that, like sitting by the phone mentality, like, oh, waiting to be discovered or like waiting for that big break. Like it doesn't happen. You know, it just doesn't happen like that. Like you have to be hustling, you know. So and it's easier nowadays than ever with like, you know, all the technology that's affordable. You know, there's just really no excuse anymore to like not be doing your own stuff unless you like really can't write or like really can't edit you know like then you know but there are so many people out there that you can collaborate with that can do that you know that are also just looking for something to work on and you know need to build a reel or need to you know and, and you don't have to be in a certain place anymore to do it you know like I mean, it's great to be in New York or L.A., but, like, I've seen great work happen in Buffalo. I've seen great work, you know, like, it's just, it's a different, it's a different world now, you know? That's great. So I was reading, you do, um, you've done experimental theater. <laughs> yeah. What is that? I've always been curious by it. Let's just say, like, not traditional theater. Um... So sometimes it could be, like, site-specific stuff. So I've, like, done a performance piece in a medical clinic as part of an arts festival. That was really weird. Did the medical um, clinic know what was happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They were on board. But, um, so I was, like, playing a doctor. <laughs> I don't I just knew I wasn't a doctor, but I was, like, performing a surgery on someone. It was pretty gross. Um... I've done, like, all sorts of weird stuff, like, in, like, the Fringe Festival and things like that. So it's, like, just, like, plays that don't necessarily have, like, a linear narrative sometimes or, like, are, are using, like, mixed media and, like, just weird, dark stuff. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Like, there. here's the thing about me. <laughs> My type, I mean, I have, like, a pretty big range as an actor, but a lot of times people hire me to do bad things to me, which was perfect in Gigahose, right? Cause yeah, like, I'm just, I saw you as a prostitute and then, like, a, a sex robot, so. Like, yeah, <laughs> so, like, that's but basically. But you could do so much more, but you did both of those very well. It's like, we need an abuse victim. Let's call Jessica. But you think this part of the comedy background must come in for it, because you're like, whatever. Yeah, like I'm, I'm gay. not on the joke. Yeah, whatever. And even if it's not comedy, when it's like drama, you know, like there's, I guess there's just something about my look, I don't, or like my energy that there's like something vulnerable. Um, so like, I don't know. Like I've definitely been in a lot of plays where like I get, I get, you know, I sit in my dad's lap and then it turns sexual type of thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why. It's it's. Well, you it's gotta just, take the work you can get. Maybe it's monologues I'm using. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. I because it's it's that's what I was saying before. Like to me, that's fun. I know that sounds really bad. Um, but like getting to really sink your teeth into a character that's like complicated and you know really getting to like explore those emotions and like telling a crazy story you know like that's kind of what i'm in it for you know that's wonderful and in gigahose i uh thought it was interesting because like you don't have that look and that's why it was interesting 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, you don't look like a sex robot. <laughs> like <laughs> hey, how you, uh, what are you saying? Well, you do in the show, but you know what I mean? Like, what you would expect of, like, um, well, there's that scene where they ha- in the in Giga Hose where they have, like, the prostitutes, and right. all, all of those actresses look like the stereotypical prostitute. Right. So when you think of a stereotypical uh, sex spot, you would not be the first thing to come in mind, which is what I liked about it. You know what I mean? Okay. I hope this all yeah. came out as well as I hope it meant to. <laughs> I'm like, wait, what are you saying? Why don't you think I'm a sex robot? No. No. Um, no, they definitely wanted to cast her as, like, a very, like, sweet and naive and, like, which you know. Which is wonderful. She was, like, the she goes on the Jennifer Aniston calls, which is, like, you know, the girl next door, but we all want to see bad things happen to her. Um, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's that was, like, one of my lines in it. But basically, yeah, so that she's, but she's programmed to, like, not judge any of the stuff that she gets sent out to do. Um, so like, you know, all the, the crazy things, like she's just like, yes, great, cool. When would you like to poo in my mouth? Awesome. You know, it's like, because it's like playing on, you know, people's being okay with like people's fetishes. That's why they order the sex robots because, you know, they don't want to be judged by humans. Um, and so, I don't know. It was it was intense though. Like when I looked at the script the first time, I'm like, oh geez, here we go. How did you get involved with those guys? Audition or? Um, I did have to audition for the series, but I knew them from a monthly um, sketch show um, called Sketch Block that um, happens um, in the East Village in New York, and they. Um, I don't know. They're just part of that community. And uh, my sketch group performed there a few times. And so we kind of knew each other. And then I saw the audition and and I was like, hey, this sounds fun. (laughs) And then, yeah, I auditioned. And then and now, you know, now we're buddies. That's awesome. Yeah, because they're doing they're doing cool stuff. And like, I don't know. I, I think they're they're really funny guys. You know, they're they're. And I liked that they weren't, you could think that like a sex robot escort agency would be very, um, you know, like exploiting the actresses, but it's really funny because like the guys are way more naked in the show. Yeah, I see Adam's butt a lot. Adam's butt. And then Daniel who plays Brendan, like he's really naked. Um, that was weird to be on set with him because he had my box up. <laughs> and uh, Adam gets the <laughs> dildo slapped in the, thrown on his face. Yeah, and I was just, like, trying not to, like, look at people all day. That's so like, weird. In the eyes. Look them in the eyes. Um, oh, that's so straight. And you guys are probably, like, in just, like, an apartment, not, like, a big studio set. Oh, yeah. We're definitely in, like, very small spaces sometimes. And it was in the summer, so it was kind of hot. And <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, you can't run fans or ACs because oh, no noise. So. No trailer like on Daredevil. No. Nope. Did not have my own toilet <laughs> this time. But I, I would thought that was so cool that they filmed Daredevil in New York too. I didn't know that until until just now. So yeah, I, I, it was really neat. Bringing some TV back work to New York. Yeah, actually, like there's a lot of good stuff going on in New York right now. Um, I think somebody said I don't know if this is true, but that more pilots shot in New York last year than in LA. Wow, I know yeah. a lot of stuff has been leaving LA like. I live in Providence, and they've been filming movies here, like, left and right. Like, I saw... There's a lockdown in New Orleans, Atlanta. Big in the South, too, I know. It's just, like, there's places where it's just, like, 
better tax incentives. That's all there's, it is. It's just taxes. Yeah, and the or or even just like there's more space. To, I don't know. There's just like or there's just more interesting like locations that are already there. You don't yeah. have to all. You know, like Breaking Bad was <laughs> supposed to be based in California, and then they filmed it in New Mexico because it was cheaper. And then they're like. Well, if we're going to do it in New Mexico, why don't, you know, we'll set it in New Mexico, which, you know, it, the best part of that show is that it's like the desert and like, it just adds so much more to it. Totally. And like, it's cool when you see stuff that, I don't I, I'm a sucker. If I ever see something in film and I see it in real life, I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> no, did you go on the like Sex in the City tour when you come to New York? No, I never saw that show. <laughs> no. That show. I, I'm not a good, I should, well, I was single when it aired, so maybe that, that's why I never watched it. I think yeah. I was trying to play that macho. No, I'm too cool for that, but I was just lonely. <laughs> like, I like it. I think I think it was, like, I definitely, like, imagined New York that way, though, before I came here. And then it wasn't. And then I got here, and now if, like, four women try to walk down the street side by side, I just want to, like, push them over because it's obnoxious. Like, get out of the fucking way. <laughs> Is it more like girls where you're all just trying to make it and failing miserably? Oh, no. On Sex and the City, they are not failing. Well, no, girls, the show. Oh, I don't watch girls. Yeah. It's not made for you to like the characters. Right. And I think, like, because I live here, like, I know a lot of people in their early to mid-20s that are obnoxious and getting cut off by their parents and complaining about it and, like... Yeah, too close to home. Yeah, I'm kind of like, why would I want my entertainment to be about the people I'm trying to not hang out with? So I don't go to Williamsburg. No, me neither. <laughs> Nothing. No, I mean, I do. I have a lot of friends there, and, like, there are actually, like, some decent spots, you know? Like, but I, there's definitely something about it, too, that I'm just like, you guys are trying so hard. Yeah. I don't know New York as well as I'd like to. My, I, uh... My in-laws live outside of it, so, but, like, I, I grew up not far from it, but never went there. Now I'm, like, I always try to go there all the time. And New York's cool. I mean, it's a different place than, like, even, like, eight years ago when I got here, you know, yeah, or yeah. Like, people that I know have been here for 20 years. Like, it's completely different, you know? It's, like, definitely one of the safest big cities in America now. Yeah. Better you than know? Detroit. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Let's not go there. I mean, there's definitely areas in New York that are still full of crime and poverty and, you know, segregation and oh, yeah. have you, you know, but like... And then for... there's New Jersey. <laughs> and then there's New Jersey. Actually, really, though, it's really upstate New York got hit really hard with a lot of that stuff. A lot of, like, Syracuse and those towns kind of yeah. got a lot of... And Buffalo, like, I mean, it's yeah. just starting to, like, turn around right now the last few years. There's, like, been a real um, boom. Um, oh, a lot good. of... Yeah. Yeah, a lot of young people are, like, moving back and buying property, and there's been a lot of um, money invested. Because we do have a good hockey team. Well, I mean, sometimes. But, <laughs> you know, like, there is there is potential there. There's a really beautiful waterfront on Lake Erie. and yeah, you know, not, not far from Toronto. Yeah, not far from Toronto. So in the, the Niagara Falls are right there, you know, yeah. which is... So it's like it is a really good spot, and like it is. There's beautiful architecture because it used to be one of the biggest cities in America, you know, like back hundred years ago or whatever. So it's like it's all the the bones are there for like a great city, you know. It's just that they got hit hard by a lot of you know. Yeah, that's the Rust Belt. Economic, yeah. As they call it. Yep. That's excellent. Well, uh, before, uh, well, first off, thanks for coming on. Um, where can people find you online? Uh, I'll put an intro in the beginning as well, but you know. 
plug the shit out of yourself. <laughs> um, I'm on Tumblr as Jessica K A Y Park. I'm also on Twitter newly, so please follow me at Graceful Loon. Um, I, my sketch group is Hot Buffet Sketch Comedy dot com, um, and there you can find a link to the YouTube channel as well and Facebook. So that's all. I don't I don't do Facebook myself. So, so you really are new to social media though. Uh-huh. In, your, in your field, I didn't think you can get away with that anymore. Yeah, I don't know. I just, it's too much. I i can't deal with the clutter. No, it's wonderful. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on. This is uh, tons of fun. Uh, awesome. Thank you so much, and have a good rest of your night. So cool talking to you. <laughs> Bye. Bye.